Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Our faith grows as we learn who God truly is. Just one look, even a glance at Psalm 144 will fill your heart with such confidence in God and assurance that God is able that you will easily be transformed to walk by faith and not by sight. In part five of this five-part series on the characteristic roles of God, come take a journey with Kim through the scriptures, focusing on Psalms 144 And let the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. And we are finishing up our series on the characteristic roles of God. This is part five of a five-part series. And in the previous broadcast, what we have talked about was He is our Lord, He is our strength, He's our teacher, He's our goodness. He's our fortress. He's our high tower. He is our deliverer. He is our shield. And today we're going to focus on he is the one we trust and he is the one who subdues our enemy. Psalms 144, 1 through 3 reads like this. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My goodness and my fortress my high tower and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him? In case no one's told you today, you matter. The king of kings and the Lord of lords has taken you into account. He is looking at you, and he never sleeps nor slumbers. He has a plan to prosper you, to give you a hope and an expected end. He never leaves you or forsakes you, and he stands ready to fight your battles. But you have got to know him. You have to submit your life and your heart and your mind and your will and yourselves to him. And then he readily will supply your every need. He will give you the strength you need to carry out the tasks he's asking you to do. He will fight your battles. He will walk before you. He will make a way where there is no way. He will be faithful and he will be true. He loves you unconditionally and nothing according to Romans chapter 8, can separate you from his love. 
Today, we're going to talk about he's the one we trust. Who wouldn't trust someone with that kind of love and that kind of dedication towards you? That's an interesting question because perhaps some of you within the sound of my voice right now haven't put your trust in him. Because somehow or another, you haven't seen the realistic fact that he is God and that he is real. Some of you have decided that you're just going to deal with life on your own terms, in your own way, and under your own power. And by the grace of God, you're still around to continue to do that. But you have misappropriated the success. You have determined that it is your work that enables you to be successful in your life. You have determined that it is under your power and under your might that you're able to manage the things in your life. And you've determined that somehow your fate rests solely upon your abilities. I don't want to burst your bubble, but I do want to tell you the truth. Whatever it is that you are able to do to create success for your life and to manage and navigate through life are all of the abilities, the skills, the knowledge, and the grace that God has given you to do so. You neither created yourself nor can you recreate yourself, but he created you. And when you give your life to him, he will born you anew and old things will be passed away and all things will become new. This is who you can trust. You can trust the one who spoke the world into existence. The one who created you, who knew you before the world ever saw you. See, it's interesting to me that you'll trust Satan, oh, you say that's not who you trust, but when you don't trust Jesus, that's what you're doing. And he never even knew you till you showed him who you were. But Jesus knew you before you were born. It's interesting to me that you'll look on a dark night and see so many stars, you can't count them. But he knows them by name. But you won't trust in a God who's knocking on your heart's door, asking you to come in. Then there's a whole sect of people who have trusted him as Savior, but somehow won't trust him to lead their lives or be Lord of their hearts and minds and worlds. How does that make sense? before you come to any erroneous conclusions that I'm some old, indoctrinated, Bible-thumping, not-living-in-the-real-world person, I want to submit to you that I'm, A, really not that old, and B, I'm a trained scientist. 
with a successful job. And I know that all of the rules of nature, all of the constructs of science, all of the principles and all of the theories are predicated on what God has created and enabled. You can bank on that. Because even your strongest scientists will tell you that matter is neither created or destroyed. So how is it we have new life every day? Some of your sharpest people will try to explain away (laughs) some big bang or some amazingly methodical, evolutionary process. If God had wanted to start the world with a bang, he would have, but he did it with his voice. I don't know about you, but I bet it was booming. Let there be light. You think it sounded like, let there be light. I don't think so. I think it was big. But you big bang theorist, Where did the stuff come from? The bang. See, that's hard for me to put any faith in or trust. That's hard for me. I understand atoms and I understand molecules. Where'd they come from? That's hard for me. So I submit to you that it's much harder to believe in theories that are predicated upon someone else, which is God, than it is to believe in the one true living God. Now, some of you may write me. Some of you may email me. Many of you may loathe me for those few words I just spoke. But none of you can prove me wrong. Because they're not my words. They're his. Everything is under his feet. See, I brought that up for one reason. You believe in something. Why waste your life believing in the wrong thing? You need proof? Doubting Thomas did. He stuck his hand in his side. Go take a glass of water out of a dirty stream and look at that entire organized community within that glass of water and tell me that's random. You want to know truth? Seek Jesus. He's easily found. And you can trust him. There was nothing before him, there'll not be anything after him. But him and his creation. 
There is nothing that you will ever find that is as satisfying and all of those things that you're yearning for and all of that that drives you just to want more and do more and be more and get more will be fully satisfied when that longing in your heart is filled with the knowledge and assurance of Jesus Christ. We can put our trust in him. And it makes sense. Because he's capable. The psalmist David said in 25.2, Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. You know, he could say that because he understood who God was. He had tried the ways of the world to defeat the giant. I mean, they gave him the, the armor. They gave him all the worldly stuff, but he couldn't even hold it up. He was too little. So he took God's armor and a slingshot and a few little stones, and he defeated the giant. Because he exclaimed in his own words, the battle's not mine, it belongs to the Lord. Those of you who know God as your personal Savior, have you determined the battle's not yours? That it belongs to the Lord? Have you submitted your lives to him and put a full trust in him that you realize even though the way that you are walking is not the one that you would choose, it is the right one because it is the one in which he has chosen for you and he is with you, he goes before you, he surrounds you, he equips you, he strengthens you, he leads you, he guides you, and above all, he loves you. Which one of you would do any harm to someone you truly love? None of you. So why would you think that the path that God is leading you through is one that is not the best for you? He loves you more than you can love anyone, even parents loving their children, husbands loving their wives, wives loving their husbands, sisters loving their family. He loves you more than you can love because he is love. So why would you think that you cannot trust him in the place that you are if you are in the center of his will? Why would you think your ways are higher than his ways? Why would you think that he would do you any harm? From Genesis to Revelations, we see that he's the deliverer. He's our shield. He buckles our enemies. You can trust him. In Psalms chapter 37 and verse 5, he says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. What's he going to bring to pass? He's going to bring to pass that which he has planned for you when you submit and allow him to do so. He really has the answers. He really is the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no man cometh unto me but by him. In John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. He created me so he knows how to take care of me. He died for me so he wants to take care of me. He didn't die on the cross to save you just to drop you now. He's always got your best interests at heart. Psalms 118.8 says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. You have an 
infinite God with infinite knowledge and infinite blessings, and you're trying to match that with your finite mind and your finite bank account and your finite skills? I'm sorry, but that's just plain stupid. It's not how it works. Reach into the storehouse of an almighty God. Use his weapons and his arsenal. Use his plans and allow him to navigate this world for you as you follow. All you have to do is follow. You've got one job, and it is to follow the one true living God, and he makes it easy because he makes himself known. He makes himself visible to you. He makes himself let you know that he is real and that he loves you, and you can see him in your heart. You can feel him in your presence. You can know him in your mind's eye. You may never visually see him on this side of the world, but I promise you, I promise you, he will make himself real to you when you open up your heart and you open up your life and you make room for him and you allow his presence to be with you and you believe in him and trust in him and lean not into your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Oh, how he loves you and oh, how he loves me. We need to really commit our lives and say, oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Let me not fail, Lord. Let me not be less than what you created me to be. Strengthen me, Lord. Give me your presence. Give me your guidance. Enable me to be who you would have me to be. Open up your arms and welcome me. Let me live in your presence. The psalmist David was constantly asking those type of things, and the characteristic role that he understood that God was for him was this, that God was worthy of our trust, and God wanted to be the one and only thing and person in whom we place our trust. Because he, is the, he and he alone is worthy. He and he alone is the only one capable of managing the blueprint that he has for your life to prosper you, to give you a hope and an expected end. He is worthy of your trust. And he is begging you for it. And with nail-scarred hands stretched across a wooden cross, he proved to you He'd stick it out. And that which you have committed unto him against that day, he will perfect it. You got to keep on keeping on. You got to keep showing up. You got to realize that when you put your trust in him, you are walking the best life possible and you're living it. He's going to subdue our enemies. In Ezra chapter 8 and verse 31, he says, Then we departed from the river of Ahava on the twelfth day of the first month, 
to go into Jerusalem. And the hand of our God was upon us. And he delivered us from the hand of the enemy. And us such as lay in wait, by the way, people are waiting perhaps to snipe at you. But the Bible says when we equip ourselves and we clothe ourselves with the armor of God found in Ephesians chapter 6, that we can quench any fiery dart of the devil and that we can defeat him because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have a God that cannot fail, who loves us, who is waiting to protect us and waiting for us to follow so we don't get ahead of him and we don't step outside of his will, but we are in his presence and in his presence there is life and joy. That's what we've got to remember. Psalmist David in chapter 18 and verse 48 said, He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. In Isaiah chapter 62 and verse 8, he says, The Lord hath sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength, Surely I will no more give thy corn to be meat for thine enemies, and the sons of the strangers shall not drink thy wine for which thou hast labored. In all of these instances, he has shown himself worthy. In all of these instances, he has shown himself to be God. He has shown that he'll take out the enemy, that he'll help us win the battle that we're trying to win, that he'll give us the victory if we allow him to be the one who directs the the fight, if we allow him to be Lord of Lords. And perhaps one of the greatest reasons that we can place our trust in him is in Isaiah 43, 2, where he says, when thou passest through the waters... I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. In verse 3, for I am the Lord thy God. I am the Lord thy God. Is he your God? Is he your Lord? I believe that to finish this series on the characteristics of God, we may do another one sometime, but this one we're closing. Perhaps Jude 25 says it the best. To the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com slash watwm where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Woman of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Woman of the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. 
greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved. Happy girl.